Is there like just like a fact of life that you want to like get rid of? Like something we live with that you just want to like poof, it's gone. We don't have to do this anymore. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, dishwashing pisses me off. <laughs> like, I like it. Like, I've like I've gotten used to like, oh, you know, uh, every day I just have to spend 30 minutes washing my dishes by hand. But like, how do we not live in the, you know, Jetsons future where there's, you know, a big mechanical arm that comes down and scrubs everything for us? Hey, Kyle... We do. <laughs> Dishwashers have been same since 1950. Right. They haven't changed. And they suck. No, they don't. They don't work. They Yes, they do. No, what? they're awful. They're Your bad. platform is that dishwashers no. don't work? Have yeah, you ever listen, used one, Kyle? GE... All right, Whirlpool, get on your game. Kyle, dishwashers work fine. No, they don't. I'm going crazy. This is a crazy <laughs> hill that you want to die on. Kyle, I have a dishwasher in my house. We use it every day. It works like a dream. <laughs> I don't know. You're, st- you're like a standing nightmare, more on like. <laughs> all dishwashers don't work, and therefore I have to stand at my sink for 30 minutes to yeah. clean every plate and mm-hmm. fork. Yep, yep, yep. I'm glad we're on the same page. Oh my gosh. Emily, is there is there something that you'd like to get rid of? Yeah, the intro to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Butter No Parsnips. Every week on Butter No Parsnips, your hosts Emily Moyers and Kyle Imperator take you on an adventure through the weird, wacky, wonderful, and sometimes even wicked world of one wayside word. Strange characters, delightful bits, and general joyousness abound. Join them as they test each other's etymological expertise. Hey, everybody, welcome to Butter No Parsnips. <laughs> <laughs> the most combative we're, we're, episode you've ever heard. <laughs> Kyle and I are enemies today. <laughs> Mortal enemies. Uh, but what I do have that might bring us together, Kyle, Aww. is a word. I think words bring people together, Emily. Absolutely. Uh, and I think this could be our way of proving that. So tell me your word, Emily. All right, Kyle. Your word today is this is a doozy. You're going to love it. Oh, God. Oh, God. It I'm is. I'm so nervous. <laughs> Zemblanity. Z Z E M B L A N I T Y. Zemblanity. Oh, Emily, it is a doozy, and I do love it. <laughs> yeah, it's a great one to just lay on somebody. <laughs> Simplanity, Emily, yeah. what the heck is this? I'm not going to tell you yet. Simplanity? <laughs> is, is this from a Nickelodeon cartoon? <laughs> Simplanity? Yeah, I love at the end of the game shows when they get Simplanity. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, you said the wrong word. Time for Simplanity. <laughs> what the wrong word? I just introduced myself. <laughs> Kyle, what you think? in this instance i assume is anthrax poisoning <laughs> um is right. i mean the insanity of zemblanity is uh <laughs> throwing me for a loop really good is it, is it a noun it is a noun can something be zemblane or zemblanus i believe zemblanic the- 
adjectival form would be zemblanitus. Zemblanitus. Or a close synonym would be uh, zemblin, but Zem- that's, a, that's a separate word. Zemblin. Yeah, it's sort of in the same realm, but it doesn't mean the same thing. All right. Okay. So I've got a lot of. of okay. Speaking of game <laughs> shows, get on. Get on with it, Kyle. I've got <laughs> some uh, things that I can do here. What is yes. the language of origin? Because my immediate guess is, I don't know Swahili. <laughs> uh, the language of origin is Russian, but that won't <gasps> really help you. Oh, imagine I immediately got it. <laughs> No, even if you knew Russian, th- that might not, probably wouldn't help. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, I mean, is it like, like to me, it's like, all right, this is some sort of medication. <laughs> <laughs> Ask your doctor about zemblanity. <laughs> uh, can I get a hint? You can get a hint, Kyle. Your one word hint is fate. Oh, God. Uh, okay. Zemblanity is the state of being inevitable (gasps) kyle oh you are right there i'm gonna give it to you oh close enough (laughs) so zemblanity is an unfortunate but inevitable discovery oh is a zemblanity yeah or something that is zemblanitis gotcha Uh, something that was bound to happen but you wish it hadn't I'm so happy there's a word for this, and I'm so happy the word is zemblanity. (laughs) It's it's got a good (laughs) mouthfeel. It's so good. So, Kyle, there is a bit of a story for how we get to this word, zemblanity. Mm -hmm. And that story begins with a Persian fairy tale called The Three Princes of Serendip. Any thoughts about that title, Kyle? As in serendipitous or serendipity? You got it, Kyle. (laughs) So, Zemblanity was created, was coined as an antonym for serendipity. Oh, I didn't realize serendipity was eponymous. Is it eponymous? So, serendip is an archaic name for the island country of Sri Lanka. Oh. Yes. It comes from the Persian name Sarandip or Sarandip, which ultimately comes from the Sanskrit name Simhaladvipa or Island of the Sinhala people. Wow. And Sinhala refers to the ethno-linguistic group that is native to Sri Lanka. And Sinhala literally translates to abode of lions because there was a prehistoric species of lion that was very prevalent there many thousands of years ago. I'm imagining like a city of lions. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like like there's a lion on a throne, like lounging. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like like Zootopia. They're just walking around in like a modern city. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, we tore it down to build. Modern day Sri Lanka. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, In any case, this fairy tale, The Three Princes of Serendip, is about three princes hailing from Serendip, but traveling through what was then known as Persia, today known as Iran. And the princes have a myriad of adventures, all of which appeared in various Persian epic poetry dating back to the 11th century. And a lot of this poetry was based on the rule of Persian king Bahram V, who ruled in the 5th century in Persia. Oh, okay. Was he a well-liked king? 
I would assume if he generated all of this poetry, at sure, least, yeah. at least <laughs> you know, he was lauded, if not yeah. um, genuinely liked. <laughs> he was publicly liked. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So very few of the prince's adventures were ever translated into English, except for one, by far the most well-known, which I will summarize for you now. Are you ready, Kyle? Are you all settled into bed with your blankets and your warm milk? Yeah, I've got a cup of chai. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's going to keep you up all night, buddy. Got to get decaf. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the three princes are traveling down the road uh, in the garb of just regular travelers. They don't want to be seen as royalty. And they see a camel driver crying out that he's lost his camel. And the princes oh. decide, oh, here's a guy down on his luck. Let's mess with him. <laughs> as one does. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> So they start asking him all of these really specific questions about his camel, ranging from, sir, you've lost your camel. Is it by any chance blind in one eye? Mm -hmm. And he's like, yes. Ranging all the way up to, is it carrying butter on one side of its pouch and honey on the other? And he's like, yes. Uh, (laughs) They are correct about every one of these very specific questions. And the camel driver says, oh my gosh, you you must have found my camel. Where is it? And the princes are like, oh, we've got no idea. We've never seen your camel. So funny. <laughs> so the camel driver is understandably enraged. Yeah, pissed. And he says, well, you must be lying. You must have seen my camel and stolen it because how else could you know so much about it? Yeah. So he has the princes arrested and brought before the emperor, presumably who is based on King Baram V. And the emperor hears this whole story and says, well, all right, if you guys didn't see the camel, how do you know so much about it? And then the princes reveal that earlier that day, they had seen tracks on the road and deduced all of these things about the camel that must have made those tracks. So they saw that all of the grass on one side of the road was eaten, but that grass was less green than what was on the other side of the road. So the camel must have been blinded one eye. I'm I'm going crazy. <laughs> is this what they like? Is that true? Did that happen, or did they make that up to get out of the pickle? No, they no. Were this in? is this is they're just explaining what happened oh, to them. This my is God. true. And they said there was a trail of ants on one side of the road and a trail of flies down the other side of the road. So the camel must have been dropping butter on one side that the ants are eating and honey on the other side that the flies are eating. I I mean, wow. The original. Sherlock Holmes trio, I guess. Truly, yeah. And so in the end, the princes are released and they help the camel driver follow the tracks and find his camel. Happy endings all around. Why didn't they do that in the first place before they were arrested? Like I said, they said, here's a guy down in his luck. Let's make his day worse. (laughs) But that is generally how many of the princes' stories go. It is always through a combination of coincidence and wit that the princes succeed. Oh, so they have more stories besides just that. Yes, that's like the ubiquitous one. Gotcha. But it is this combination of coincidence and wit that we get the word serendipity. It makes complete sense to me now. It all all adds up. I love that word. I use serendipitous so much just because it's such a fun one to say. It is a fun one. So for the uh, etymology of that, let us fast forward from 11th century Persia to admittedly a setting in which we more often find ourselves 18th century England. (laughs) Mm, mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Our Uh, home away from home. (laughs) Cozy. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> right here in the writings of old white men. <laughs> and in particular, the writings of one Horace Walpole. 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 Yeah. W-A-L-P-O-L-E. Related to the prime minister? That's a good question, actually, because he is related to a lot of people in the British government oh, in the 18th okay. century and right, before. <laughs> he was born Horatio Walpole and somehow comes from a long line of Horatio Walpoles within the British peerage, which is crazy Impossible. to me. Impossible. Impossible. <laughs> I could find two others at least. <laughs> I mean, I guess when you got a name like Horatio Walpole, you want to pass yeah, that thing you down. Pass that you know? Along. <laughs> yeah, along. But I believe in his writings, he went by Horace. And Walpole was the fourth Earl of Orford. He's also a member of the Whig Party, hmm. politically, as well as an author and an art historian. He is notable for writing Gothic literature and employing Gothic architecture in his home long before the more widespread Gothic revival of the 19th century. Like a hundred years later, his home. Yes, he one of the in most, the 1700s. One of the most notable things about him, he had this like big, huge manor house called Strawberry Hill, and people Love loved it. the way it looks so much that there's like a Strawberry Hill style of architecture that sprouted from it. Oh man, I'm going to look up so much about Strawberry Hill. <laughs> so Walpole is also known in the literary world for his letters. Like many historical letters, they are published later because they can embody the social and political situations of the time. Right. Among the many letters of his that have been compiled and published, there is one from 1754 written by Horace Walpole to his good friend Horace Mann, M-A-N-N, because -N, I guess, you know... Horace has got to stick together. Yeah. Gang of Horaces, huh? Yeah, you know, safety in numbers. <laughs> this is a real Horace house here. <laughs> <laughs> in that letter, Walpole is telling man about, I think he's talking about like a really good find he made while antiquing. Okay. That he just happened to come across something that was real good. Yeah. And he says, quote, This discovery indeed is almost of that kind which I call serendipity. A very expressive word, which, as I have nothing better to tell you, I shall endeavor to explain to you. So funny. <laughs> it's just like, I might as well. I've got to pad out this letter somehow. <laughs> yeah, letters in this time period are like eight pages long, so I gotta... <laughs> and we send ten a day, so I'm really out of material. <laughs> I've got a heck of a writer's grip. <laughs> and then uh, Walpole goes on to tell man about the three princes of Serendip and their, quote, accidental sagacity. Sagacity. Yes, sagacity as in the noun form of the adjective sage. Oh. Meaning wise. I never associated the two, but that makes sense. I didn't either. <laughs> Hmm. Yes, and this hits on something that is often left out of the definition of serendipity. The word today is uh, often used to just mean like a stroke of luck or a happy accident. But the way Walpole coined it, it referred to a stroke of luck which someone had the wisdom to recognize and capitalize on. Oh, sure. Oh, wait. So Walpole coined serendipity. Serendipity, yes. Because it wasn't oh. in the fairy tale. The fairy tale is what he referenced. Right. And he just liked it so much. Oh, yeah. I love that. He just took the word serendip and made it a noun. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it was originally used in the context of like somebody profiting from their wisdom of events to... Uh, yeah. 
seem coincidental, p- perhaps. Well, or to just make use of this coincidence, you know, gotcha. not not just let it go by, but say, oh, here's what I can do with this happenstance. And yeah. that is serendipity in Walpole's uh, coinage. Gotcha. But now, Kyle, let us at last finish this winding tale with the yeah. etymology of the word that we started with in the first place. Uh, yeah. Zemblanity. Uh, Zemblanity. And we will fast forward one more time to 1990s England and a novel called Armadillo. Wow. So recent. It's a very recent word. (laughs) And it's from Armadiller? Armadiller, which is a 1998 novel by William Boyd. It's about a man named Lorimer Black, who is a loss adjuster, which is someone who investigates insurance claims and minimizes what the insurance company has to pay. I was going to ask you to tell me what a loss adjuster is, but now it's Zemblanity that you have told me what it is. (laughs) (laughs) It's unfortunate. (laughs) Yeah, I wish I hadn't known that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, a real thing that happens in real life. (laughs) Yeah, and there's this whole plot that's related to his job that I won't get into. But there's also this very like contemplative side to the novel. And it has all these passages from Lorimer's journal that he keeps, which he calls the Book of Transfiguration. Oh, I assume because the journal's all about Professor McGonagall. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The book's about how to turn it, how to become an animal yeah. into yeah. an armadillo. How to turn a cup into a rat. Yeah. <laughs> and one such passage starts off with Lorimer writing in his journal about the origin and meaning of serendipity. Quote, the faculty of making happy and unexpected discoveries by accident. But then Lorimer goes on to write, quote, so what is the opposite of Serendip, a southern land of spice and warmth, lush greenery and hummingbirds, sea-washed, sun-basted? Oh my gosh. Think of another world in the far north, barren, oh icebound, cold, a world of flint and stone. Call it Zembla. He made up a place? Well, he didn't. A quick footnote for you, Kyle. That is a reference to Nova Zembla, which is a group of islands north of Russia that used to be used for nuclear testing. Ah, ah I see. <laughs> yeah. I see. Accurate. <laughs> yes. And so then Lorimer writes, quote, Ergo, Zemblanity, the opposite of serendipity, the faculty of making unhappy, unlucky, and expected discoveries by design. I mean, wow, Emily, the etymology for this word couldn't have gotten any better. Like, it couldn't have gotten (laughs) more action-packed. It's just so awesome. Yes. Uh, You know, I feel a little bad spending most of this episode talking about a different word than the word in question, but it it just took us so long to get there, you know? (laughs) Well, and it exists because of the previous word, so, you know, it's they're entwined. They are serendipity and zemblanity. And it's fair to say that the context in which zemblanity can most often be found is in lists of crazy words. Yeah, fair. But, you know, hey, what else are we here to talk about? Am I right? Yeah, but like, I feel like, okay, I feel like the fact that it's a very recent word, 1998, you said. Yeah. Like, this is a word that would catch on with millennials. Like, I feel like this is what millennials are always talking about. Like, yeah. this is our this is our thing, right? Just like we is saw zemblanity. this coming and we hate it. <laughs> yeah. So, like, 
you know, I think it's I mean, just like, because there's not every, enough eyes on it, you know? Every facet of adulthood is Zimblanity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just exactly. Like, I knew I was going to get to having to make car payments, but, but boy, do I wish yeah. I didn't make that discovery. But, you know, we're out here <laughs> being vocal about how, like, oh, wait, no, this sucks, and trying to avoid it as long as we can, you know? That's right. And that's our victory yeah. as a generation. <laughs> Oh, yeah. the zemblanity of it all. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, you've sort of just done it, but Kyle, can you use zemblanity in a <laughs> in a perhaps longer sentence? <laughs> and not quoting a film? Yeah. Uh, okay, zemblanity. Zemblanity. It's 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 really hard the way it's written. It's it's hard to figure out like yeah, how the, it's used in a sentence, you know. Yes. And I feel like the same is true of serendipity because I feel like the context that you hear it is just like, oh, it's serendipity. Yeah, well, I usually, yes, exactly. I'll I'll say, oh, that was serendipitous, like, yes. as an so, adjective. You could use, I is, think, I think you could use zemblanitus. Can, can I sentence. use zemblanitus? I couldn't find any instances of it, but I think that is the word that makes we're, the most sense. We're going to start the instances, Emily. Here we go. This is it, Kyle. You go. have to make up the first one right now. Oh, my God. I'm going to be in the OED, Emily. <laughs> Okay, ready? Okay, here we go. Yeah. Um Okay. Also, fun uh, fact, Zimplanity not in the OED yet, so we gotta we gotta get wow. it trending. Hashtag we really Zimplanity. Do. Crazy because it was <laughs> a British author. Yeah. Okay. Um wait, can you tell me exactly the definition of Zimplanity one more time? So the definition so I, I gave at the top was an unfortunate but inevitable discovery. Okay. No, I don't like this. <laughs> okay. As children, we're taught to see the world as our oyster. <laughs> but unfortunately, it was only Zemblanitus that we would learn <laughs> that life is mediocre and we'll die penniless and unhappy. <laughs> Hey, everybody, we're doing fine. (laughs) Everyone out there is currently worried about our mental stability. We're fine. Things are, you know, it's good. Hey, we're we're living, you know, and it was a great sentence, Kyle. Uh, thank you so much, Emily. Emily, I, I what an awesome word. I am <laughs> so happy about Zimplanity being in my life. Now, honestly, my life is, it is serendipity that you brought <laughs> Zimplanity in my life because I, I, I feel rejuvenated. <laughs> yes, and you will capitalize on this discovery. I will, absolutely. As will we all. Yeah. Kyle, you want to play a game before we go? More than anything. The game I have for you today is called Oopsadipity. Oopsadipity! <laughs> Which sounds like an early 2000s board game, but yeah. here we go. <laughs> so, Kyle, the word serendipity is very often used to refer to accidental discoveries in science. 
Like, for example, a certain genus of ceratopsian dinosaur, which wasn't identified until paleontologist Dale Russell happened to notice it was similar to, yet distinct from, another ceratopsian dinosaur. The established dinosaur was the Leptoceratops, but when they accidentally discovered the new one, it was given the name Serendipoceratops. (laughs) (laughs) which is incredible (laughs) oh my god wow my new favorite word my new favorite dinosaur absolutely and so serendipitops is the genus the type species of that genus is the serendipoceratops arthur c clarke which is named after science fiction author arthur c clarke arthur c (laughs) clarke Wow, they just really had a field day with that one, huh? <laughs> Truly. It's, it was named by this couple who are just paleontologists in love. Yeah. <laughs> and they just really liked Arthur C. Clarke. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where it's like, good thing dinosaurs are never going to be alive again and <laughs> sentient. We if can they, just have all the fun we want. <laughs> if they were to know what we were naming them, they would not be happy, man. <laughs> Truly, Serendipoceratops Arthur C. Clarke is the best thing I've ever heard. Serendipoceratops Arthur C. Clarke. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay, oh, Kyle, gosh. this game, I promise this is all a lead yes, up to a game. Let's play. Yes, yes. so Serendipitous <laughs> Discoveries and also Serendipitous Inventions are a common okay. context for that word. Yeah. There are tons mm-hmm. of products that we know and love today created by people who were, in fact, trying to create something else. Okay. So I yes. thought for this game, oh, I, I would tell you yeah. what these people were trying to do. And okay, maybe you yeah. can tell me what they wound up doing. I love this. I'm all, I'm stoked. All right. First one. In 1968, chemist and inventor Spencer Silver tried and failed to create an extra-strength adhesive for the 3M company. What did he create instead? 1968. Yeah, the thing that might clue you in is the 3M company. 3M. Which you might recognize it's a company that still exists. Makes a lot of paper goods. Paper goods. Oh, did he make post-it notes? He did. Very good. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. He accidentally created a very low strength but reusable adhesive, which his colleague Arthur Fry later used to create the post-it note. Incredible. Wow. That is serendipitous. It is. (laughs) By definition. (laughs) (laughs) Truly. All right. Next one. During World War II, chemists and inventors Earl Warwick and James Wright both independently tried and failed to create synthetic rubber. What did both of them create instead? I know this like the back of my hand. You got it. Laffy Taffy. No, I'm just kidding. Silly putty. (laughs) Silly putty. That's right. Yeah. It's been debated which of the two of them patented the material first, but Regardless, it was toy store owner Ruth Falgatter who saw its potential as a toy and marketing consultant Roy Hodgson who created the name Silly Putty. It's a good name. It is. Really sums it, has it stuck, up. You know? <laughs> All right. Last one. In 1905, 11-year-old Frank Epperson tried to mix a powdered soft drink but failed when he left it out overnight. What did he create instead? 1905, Epperson powdered soft drink yep he was he was stirring it with his little stirring stick and then he left it out overnight Uh, is it dr pepper no 
Okay. Is it, uh, what, it, the, it when it was outside overnight? It got colder overnight with a little stirring stick still in the cup. Or the stick, a popsicle? It is. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it froze overnight, and he t- took it out with the little stick, and was like, "Oh, I could still eat this." <laughs> Can't waste all my hard work. <laughs> That's right. And then, as an adult, he started marketing his creation as "quote a frozen drink on a stick," and oh, patented wow. it, the Epsicle, but renamed it he allegedly did. at the insistence of his children and renamed it to the popsicle that is great emily all serendipitous inventions and there are more wow and they're all Uh, fun i'm glad there are more and hopefully there are more in our future hopefully some serendipitous inventor can fix the dishwasher (laughs) scandal that plagues us (laughs) to this day That's right. And if you are out there and are an inventor uh, and can fix that for us, then so be it. Uh, We will give you a free t-shirt. And if you're not, then just remember that you can find Butter No Parsnips on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram at Butter No Parsnips Podcast. And if you liked today's episode, consider giving us a five-star rating or review wherever you heard us. And if you really liked today's episode, consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash butter no parsnips donating five dollars or more earns you a shout out either on social media or here on the podcast thanks so much to all of you you help us make what we make and with that i've been emily moyers and i've been kyle imperator and this has been a serendipitous episode of (laughs) butter no parsnips kyle's always got to use the word wrong right at the end Thank you for listening to Butter No Parsnips. Butter No Parsnips is produced by Seth Glicksman, Emily Moyers, and Kyle Imperator. The theme music and additional music is by Kyle Imperator. If you liked listening to this episode, subscribe and give us a good rating and or positive review wherever you heard it. If you really liked listening, consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash butternoparsnips. There you can get bonus content you can't get anywhere else, like the monthly Patreon-exclusive podcast Buttered Parsnips. Your support means the world to us and encourages us to keep making more. Thanks in advance, and we'll be back next week.